I tell you, we have had church this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord has been speaking deeply into our hearts. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are grateful that you are with us. It is apparent that your Holy Spirit is here. And so in these precious moments, Lord, we ask that you will be fruitful in our hearts and our spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yesterday we started off talking about CPR for the soul. We said that C stands for? Ah, C stands for confess, P stands for? prayer, and R stands for rest. Awesome. And we talked about the three fundamental needs that every human being has. We said every human being has the need to believe, right? We also have the need to belong, and we also have the need to become, praise God. And today we're going to add a fourth one. Today we are going to add that every human being has the fundamental belief to have balance. Ah, oh, praise God. All human hearts have a need to have an equal distribution of our lives. We want equal proportion in our heart, our mind, our body, our soul, and our spirit. So if I was to ask you right now, where in your life do you need balance? Uh, what would you say? Don't say it out loud, but go ahead and call it forth in your mind. Would you say, I need balance in my marriage and my life as a student? Would you say, I need balance with my finances and my ministry responsibilities? In 2021, the Malfers Group published an article entitled 10 Ways Pastors Balance Life and Ministry in Their Schedules. I'm gonna give you five. This is to help prepare us as you either go into ministry for the first time or go back into ministry. Something to think about while you're here in the seminary. Number one, they said pastors are able to find balance when you give yourself a day of rest. Now that day of rest is not the Sabbath, right? Because you're working on the Sabbath, you're serving others. But they say pastors who are fruitful and able to stay focused, they have a day off. Number two, they say they set time to study. Mm. Your flock loves the word of God. They love to hear you expound on it, but they need you to study the word of God. Number three, they say take a day or a half a day to do outreach and community service. They say every fruitful pastor never gets too far away from well, the last time I was able to share the gospel. <laughs> There's something about sharing the gospel with someone else. It's something about giving of yourself to someone else that enables you to stay focused on the ministry that God is calling you to. Number four, they say take time to have regular vacations. If you're married, stay connected with your family. Your family will be here when ministry is over. If you're single, they say take time to take yourself on a vacation or connect with your community, whoever it is that supports you. And number five, I didn't take any more of theirs, but number five, I took from my own experience. And number five to me is pray for wisdom and discernment. Don't say yes to every opportunity just because someone makes a call. Guard against pride and the Messiah complex. You know, the complex where we think that people, the people we serve, need us more than they need Jesus? Mm. CPR for the soul. 
It is so important that we take time to confess, that we take time to pray, that we take time to rest. And today, for a few moments, we're going to look at restoration and revival. Psalm 51. Turn with me to Psalm 51. I'm going to read verses 12 to 14 again quickly in your hearing. Psalm 51, 12 to 14. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Verse 14. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Well, for those who were not with us yesterday, we're just going to go backwards just a little bit. David writes this after the death of his son. And the title itself gives the extent of David's sin. He had murdered, committed adultery, and was covering his sin and hardening his heart. And chapter 51 begins with David asking God for not just mercy, but abundant mercy, Raham in the Hebrew, according to the measure of God's loving kindness and the multitude of the tender mercies and asking God, asking God, asking God to blot out, asking God to remove, asking God to take away his transgressions. And David admits that he had committed not just one transgression, but David admitted that he had committed what? Transgressions. He says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. The word mercy is derived from the Hebrew root raham, which goes into rahim, which means the womb. And David's mercy that he's asking God for is closely tied to the concept of womb love. You know, the kind of love that a mother feels for her yet-to-be-born child? And we notice in the book of Psalm that David repeatedly asked God for mercy at least 22 times in the book of Psalm. Psalm 25, 6, he says, be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. Psalm 69, 16, answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good according to your abundant mercy. Turn to me. Psalm 145, 9, the Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. Ellen White tells us in SDA Bible Commentary, Volume 3, sin is sin. Whether committed by one who's sitting on a throne or by one in the humbler walks of life, the day is coming when all who have committed sin will make a confession, even though it is too late for them to repent. God waits, she says, God waits long for you. Mm, I'm sorry, God waits long for us. Oh wait, God waits long for the sinner to repent. And he manifests a wonderful forbearance, but he must at last call the transgressor to the account. Ellen White advises that it is, safe, it is not safe for us to close our eyes and harden our conscience, that we should not see or realize our sins. We need to cherish the instruction that we have in regard to the hateful character of sin in order that we may repent and confess our sins. And God says to you and to me this morning, go ahead and be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
Go ahead and let there be something inside you that's twitching. Because God says to you and to me, when he shines the light on the areas in our lives that are not in union with him, he desires for us to have a, a, a spirit that comes to him and says, Lord, I'm asking for your mercy. You see, notice that David did not say that his punishment was ever before him in Psalm 51. He says that his punishment, he says that what took place, he says that his sin was ever before God. David's heart was sad that he sinned, but really and truly his heart was broken that he broke God's heart. God wants you and I to live our lives daily where we don't want to break God's heart. No, I will not tell you that lie, not because of you only, but because I don't want to break God's heart. No, I will not steal your spouse, not because of you only, but because I don't want to break God's heart. No. I don't want to break God's heart. And David, in Psalm 51, verses 7 to 12, he prays two prayers. He prays first a prayer for forgiveness. Even now, just say, Lord, forgive me. Just ask God to forgive you in your heart. And then he prays for restoration. He asks God several things. Look at what he says. You can read it. I'm going to paraphrase. It's right there in verses 7 to 12. He says, make me hear joy and gladness. Have you ever been in a state where you feel far from God? Have you ever been in a state where you felt guilt and shame? What do you hear? You hear silence. And David said the silence is deafening. He says, Lord, I want to hear your joy and gladness again. He says, make my broken bones rejoice. Sometimes you are so filled with guilt and shame that your very body is tense. You can't walk. You can't move. You literally feel physically paralyzed. And David said, no more. I want my bones to rejoice. He says, create in me a clean heart like we talked about yesterday. And we looked at Barak. Create means start all over. Make me brand new, something that's unique. And he says, renew within me a steadfast spirit. Give me a spirit that just keeps on going, Lord, that just stays with you, Father, that walks with you, that talks with you, that sings with you, that eats with you, that drives with you, that moves with you. And he says, do not cast me away from your presence, but restore to me, God. That means give me again your joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my soul. Where? Down in my soul. Where? Down in my soul, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my soul. Down in my soul, not just for today, but down in my soul to stay. And even right now, you should be praying, Lord, forgive me. And Lord, cause your joy to remain in my spirit. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. In his many months of unconfessed sin, David felt the misery of spiritual defeat. There is no defeat like spiritual defeat. Spiritual defeat, you can't focus. You're isolated. You feel disconnected with life. Many of you will feel that while you are going through the seminary here. While you are on this four, three, four, five-year journey, you will feel spiritual defeat. But David said, I don't want to stay there, God. He said in Psalm 62, 1, truly my soul finds rest in God. 
My salvation comes from him. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Say it with me. How much more? How much more? One more time. How much more? How much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? I hope you understand that you are redeemed. <laughs> redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by his infinite mm, mercy. His child and forever I am. Hallelujah. And so David says here, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. He says, I was sad, but I no longer want to be sad. I want to be glad. He says, I was weak, but I no longer want to be weak by the effects of my sin. Some of you right now are trying to figure out why you're having all these problems. You're trying to figure out why you're confused and can't make any decision. It's because you're dealing with the natural results, not consequences, right? The natural results of decisions that you have chosen to make. Whenever you are feeling down and discouraged because of an incident, you want to stop and ask yourself a few questions. Did God lead me on that journey? Did God cause me to make the decision that I made? If God caused me to make the decision and it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to be, then that means that there's something else that God has in store. Let not my heart be troubled. If I chose to make the decision and now I'm dealing with the natural results of the decision that I chose to make, Lord, have mercy on me and forgive me. And David's prayer for forgiveness and restoration is a prayer that every follower of Christ should never cease to lift up. Romans 5, 7 through 8 says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might dare to die. But God, hallelujah, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet... Mm, that word yet is a whole sermon by itself, not for today. <laughs> Woo, I can preach on yet. But he says in the word of God, while we were yet sinners, Daryl, while we were yet sinners, Rebecca, while we were yet sinners, Kevin, while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross to save us for our sins. As pastors, we get so used to telling people that. Right? We feel good when we tell people that, but when was the last time you told yourself that? That Jesus died for you, sinner. That he died to save you, sinner. That he didn't stay in the grave, but no, he rose again so that you can live this life and live this life more abundantly. He lived so that you could live, and he died so that you could live, and he resurrected so that you could live, and he's coming again. He's coming again. Jesus is coming again so that you can live both now and for eternity. And David says, uphold me with a free spirit. He says, I'm ready to fall, Father. I don't know how to do this thing on my own, Lord, but I need you. I need you to send the Holy Spirit to move in my heart and mind. I need you to send the Holy Spirit to guard me and protect me and to give me wisdom. When was the last time that you just stopped complaining and said, Lord, just send your Holy Spirit to 
guard me, to love me, to hold me, to keep me, to sing to me, to speak to me. Send your Holy Spirit. The Father promised that he would give us a comforter. He promised that he would give us a helper. Why aren't you letting him help you? Perhaps it may be helpful to listen to this paraphrase of what David said. Tell me, Lord, that I am forgiven so that I may enter the sanctuary again where I can hear joy and the gladness of those who are worshiping you. David does not want to lose God's presence. David wants to let his painful experience be useful for the kingdom. And he says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. Oh, mercy. And sinners will be converted to you. You see, David said, in my dark days, I was not able. In my dark days, I'm not able to tell others about you. In my dark days, I don't, I don't even know how to take care of myself. He says, but it's no longer dark, hallelujah. I see the sun again. I see the sun in all of his glory. I know that Jesus redeems and Jesus heals. And David said, Lord, forgive me so that I can turn transgressors to you. He says, sinners will be converted as I praise you. Sinners will be converted as I testify. Sinners will be converted while I'm in the seminary and I'm studying. Sinners will be converted, Father. He vows full repentance. When we confess and when we turn to God, God wants us to come holistically. Don't come to God giving him 50%. You know how we like to do? Lord, I trust you with, with these areas of my life, but these areas I'm going to hold on to while, while I watch you work it out. These areas of my life I'm going to help you out until you figure it out. Mm -mm. I can say that because I've done that. Many times I've done that. Sometimes unconsciously, until God has to be like, hey, what are you doing? I, I want all of you. And today God is saying to you, give me all. I want what makes you laugh. I want what makes you cry. I want what makes you feel passionate. I want what makes you feel ostracized. I want what makes you feel respected. I want what makes you feel disrespected. I want those tangible things that you can see right in front of you, and I want those things that you don't have a clue as to how it's going to work out. I want your cancer. I want your diabetes. I want your high blood pressure. I want your tuition bill. I want all of you. True repentance to God does not leave you or I in guilt and shame, but it leads us back to the cross. It takes us back to the cross to receive forgiveness and to receive joy. And when you receive forgiveness and when you receive joy, it's like fire shut up in your bones. It's like you just can't keep still. You find yourself walking around Andrews humming and singing songs, just smiling at everybody because you're just so excited to know that even though you don't know how it's going to work out, you know that you know that you know, that you know. If you are a follower of Christ, your story will never be average. Your story will never be mediocre because you're not living the way the world lives. You're living with your eyes wide open. 
You're living with your hands wide open. Lord, what do you have for me today? Who am I supposed to be today? Where am I supposed to go today? How do you want to use all that brokenness in my past, Lord? How do you want to shine your glory through my life? Use me as you see fit. And every time that God forgives our transgressions and he, he creates and, and he recreates and, and he creates and every time that we ask God for forgiveness and he creates within us, something changes. Hallelujah. God's precious forgiveness will glue back the broken pieces of your life. And even though the pieces may be broken, he has the ability to shine his light in a visible manner through the cracks that may be in your life. And, and, and we hear David here say, my tongue, hallelujah, <laughs> my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. It is time to let your, your tongue sing. It is time to let your tongue sing not beginning when you feel comfortable, but beginning right now. It is time that your tongue is loosed, loosed to be able to share the, with the world who Jesus is. You can tell others that God forgives. You can tell them if we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You can tell somebody today, God will give you peace of mind and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard and rule your heart and mind. You can tell someone today that if you are weary, Jesus says, come unto me. All you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You can tell someone today when your load seems heavy, you can cast all your cares upon him and he will sustain you. You can tell someone today. If you're lacking happiness, don't focus on happiness because God says, I have told you this, that my joy in you will be complete. Hallelujah. If you are lacking strength, you can tell them today, do not fear for he is with you. Do not be dismayed for he is your God. He will strengthen you and he will help you and he will uphold you by his righteous right hand. You can tell someone today who might be confused and upset and the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteous quietness and assurance forevermore you can tell someone who may be discouraged be strong and take heart for all you who hope in the Lord will see deliverance you can tell someone who's holding on to a long-held grudge and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You can tell someone who needs victory over sin for every child of God can obey him, defeating sin and evil pleasure by trusting Christ to help him. And David says, deliver me from my blood guiltiness, O God, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. And this morning, God reminds you and I that he pardons he reminds you and I that he heals. God reminds you and I that he redeems. God reminds you and I that he crowns. God reminds you and I that he liberates and he elevates and he educates and he compensates and he motivates and he regenerates 
and he activates. And God wants you to be activated. He has commissioned you and I to obey him and to go ye therefore in all the world. And this morning, God says to you and to me, are you ready to go? Not in your own strength. God says to you and me, are you ready to go? Not in your own might. God says to you and to me, loose those lips this morning and loose that tongue today and allow the world to see the redemption that is drawing nigh through your life because God is your refuge and your strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Confess, pray, and rest. Let God restore and revive your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. We worship you. We ask God that you will allow the word of God to take deeply, to take deep rooted, to be deeply rooted in our hearts and our lives. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.